Hello, and welcome to the March listeners episode for Killer Hangover. My name's Beth. And I'm Bettina. And this is our second listeners episode. We are so excited for this. I just love this. We love these. We got a bunch of stories sent in. Alex chooses them first. We don't choose. We don't even read them. We don't even read them. He chooses them. And so then we're just going to read them here to you guys. So when you hear it, we are reading it for the first time for ourselves too. Exactly. That's what's so fun about it. And if we don't read your story this time, that doesn't mean it's not going to be next month or the months after that. So keep them coming. Keep sending us your stories. And just a reminder, that's at killerhangoverpodcast at gmail.com. There you go. And... On top of that, we're going to honor one of our patrons in every episode as well. We'll have a patron of the month. Patron of the month. And we're going to enjoy their favorite cocktail or adult beverage as we read these listener stories. And the patron of the month for March is, drumroll, Jerry Cross. And? (laughs) And Socks, his wife, who happens to be my bestie from college. Many years ago, and we're still besties. So, hey, I've known Jerry and Socks for, oh gosh, over 30 years. So, yeah, we're not going to go into college stories. But Jerry sent in his drink. His primary favorite was scotch. Oh, I kind of nixed that. Well, you're drinking by yourself. I'm drinking by myself. (laughs) And Jerry, you know, I love you, but scotch, I do not like. So anyway, I said, okay, what's your second favorite? And he said, okay, I like gin with fresh orange juice. So just a little bit of orange juice with gin. We both agreed that the Bombay Sapphire was the best to use. So there you go. I don't know what you call that drink. but We'll call it the Jerry. The Jerry. (laughs) The Jerry. And I did not even have to ask Socks what her favorite was because it's the same as mine. When Socks and I get together, there are several bottles of sparkling that... (laughs) That disappear. That vanish. (laughs) Don't know what happens to them. And that's the first paranormal story of the episode. (laughs) All right. So we're going to dive right on in here, huh? Yes. You go first. Okay. This is an email from Diane. Hello, you beautiful, wonderful ladies. Oh, thank you. I am so happy that I found your podcast. Your positivity and light are just what I need to brighten up my days. And I look forward to every episode you share. Every time mom, that would be me, (laughs) Sorry, so terrible with names. So am I. (laughs) (laughs) Signs off with, I love you, kid, to daughter. It makes me want to cry happy tears. My mom is my bestie, too. I love her to pieces, and it makes me happy when I see others who have a great relationship with their mom or daughter. It's such a blessing to have each other, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes, we do know. I hope y'all are doing all right and that mom is healing up okay. I'm sorry you have to fight that old bastard cancer. Me too. But I am thankful you don't have to do it alone. Your daughter thinks the world of you, as do all your listeners. Okay, Diane, you're going to make me cry now. (laughs) And we're all hoping and praying for a positive outcome for you. Come on, mom. Kick cancer's ass. I know you can do it. I believe in you. Thank you, Diane. Oh my gosh, that was so sweet. (laughs) Okay, her email goes on to say, In college, I dated Todd, a strange guy who turned out to be violent and abusive. 
He slut-shamed me for not being a virgin while we met. He worshipped his ex-girlfriend and always made me feel worthless. Oh, God, I really don't like this guy. Mm -mm. I have always had low self-esteem, and this was back in 1980s when women weren't as empowered as they are today. Now, there's a sisterhood, thank goodness. Back then, you were on your own. Yes, I was back in those 1980s, too, and you're absolutely right, Diane. Todd would say things like that he had me followed from school or work or wherever and that I'd better not even look at another man. He told me that he would kill me and put my body in a vat of acid so no one would ever find me. Oh my Lord, gosh. This guy had psychological problems. He was a power lifter, a type of weight lifter. It may have been on steroids, though he denied it. I was scared to stay with him, but too scared to leave. Oh my gosh. Ugh. He was friends with Jim. Jim and I had been friends while I was dating Todd, and I would often call him to con console me after being verbally and emotionally abused and threatened by Todd. Since he was my friend, I thought maybe he'd have some kind of insight into him or, or something. But after a while, I finally understood that Todd was just a raging asshole, and I broke up with him. Hopefully, Diane safely. Yes. Afterwards, my friendship with Jim developed into a deep love, so we got married. Wow. Oh, good. Todd was pissed and felt betrayed by us. He was very angry and very bitter. Todd sounds like a t total control freak. Absolutely. Over and the years, that. Todd would call and say things like, I see that you're getting fat or, you know, a real woman could carry a baby to term. I lost four babies to miscarriages. Oh, my oh, gosh. Diane, I'm, I'm so, so sorry. sorry. He usually called around mine or Jim's anniversary or his birthday or other dates significant only to him. He tried to guilt me or shame me for different things, and for the first few years, it affected me. But after a while, I was over it and over him. Good. Several homes and telephone number changes, and I stopped hearing from him. He disappeared off the map for me, and it was great. Wonderful. After a number of years, Jim and I divorced, but remain extremely close friends and even live together now. Wow, oh, way to make that work. Good for you, yeah. <laughs> so social media happened, and I blocked several people I never wanted to hear from. As he hadn't been on my mind in years, I didn't think of blocking him when I first got my account. Every now and then, Jim would ask me to look up some old friend or work acquaintance with him, and I finally thought to look up Todd. He didn't have a social media account, so I couldn't block him. I decided to Google him to see if I could find him so I could block him from ever contacting me again. That's when I found his obituary. Oh. I was stunned and confirmed with Jim that it was him. For the first time in decades, I felt like I could relax and breathe again. Wow. It's probably always in the back of your mind. Oh, gosh, yeah. After all that abuse, that's got to be, that has to stick with her for, oh, wow. I had always been braced for that other shoe to drop, and now it was never going to happen. Whew, what a relief. I'm sure. So one night last year, close to mine and Jim's former anniversary date, we were sitting in the living room watching TV when the phone rang. I have phone service through my cable company, so whenever someone calls their name and number pop up on my TV screen. Todd's full name and 30-year-old phone number popped up on the screen. What? W-T actual F. Seriously? What? My heart stopped. I couldn't breathe. And my body was tingling from the top of my head to the tips of my fingers and toes. And that way you feel when you know someone is watching you. <gasps> but you are willing yourself not to acknowledge them or look their way. I looked at Jim. 
He looked at me. We both turned back to the TB to see the name and number again as the phone continued to ring and back to each other. Oh, my gosh. I'm covered in chicken bumps. We both asked each other, are you seeing this? Is this really happening? My phone was in the bedroom, but I was too scared to move and not sure I wanted to answer the phone and talk to whoever or whatever was on the other end of the line. The thought of talking to him terrified me, even as I realized it couldn't be him, could it? Oh my gosh. His name isn't a common one. And even if it was, what are the odds that some random stranger with the same name uh-uh, would be given <laughs> the exact same phone number that nope. Todd had 30 years nope. before? Yeah. Nope. As I write this, I have shivers all up and down my back. And as I read it, as I listen to it, I do. <laughs> and goosebumps all over my body. Or as Aiden says, chicken, chicken bumps. bumps. I don't even know if I'm afraid of the man or what entity or fate caused that number to dial my phone that night after so many years. We tried to continue the night as normal, but couldn't stop thinking about what happened and talking about how weird it was. It's almost like she manifested him after looking at his obituary and putting thought into him. After all those years of not, it's almost like. But I wonder what the time difference was between looking at the obituary and and we don't know when he passed away. Sure, but she hadn't thought of him for years. And then she looks at the obituary and even if it was months later, it's still like, ugh, ugh. The next morning, Jim called the funeral home where Todd's funeral was held and confirmed that it really did occur. Good. <laughs> he was checking on that. <laughs> he, he was able to talk his way into having them send a copy of the death certificate. Oh, wow. Wow. You better be a salesman. <laughs> <laughs> Todd really was dead. It really was him in that grave. So who or what called and what did they want to say? I hope I never find out. Oh my gosh, that's so scary. Oh, Diane, holy smokes. What the heck? Nope, nope. (laughs) I mean, what the heck wasn't... I I have to say, Diane, I'm happy Jim was there with you. Absolutely. First of all, so you weren't alone. Second of all, to confirm that you're not crazy. Right. (laughs) Because I would be looking at it and going, I've lost my mind. If it happens again, you have to answer it. Oh, but does she? (sighs) Jim has to answer it. Jim has to answer it. There you go. That's the rule. Jim, you have to answer it. (laughs) (laughs) Diane, thank you for sending us your creepy story. Thank you. That was totally creepy. All right. My turn. This was an email from a listener that wished to remain anonymous. All right. Ladies, love the show and hope Bettina is on the mend. Oh, thank you. This is a long story, but I'm not sure how to shorten it. So here we go. I'm a critical care nurse in an inner city hospital. About 25 years ago, a new graduate nurse started working with us. His name was John, and although he was nice enough, there was something off about him. First, he was rather arrogant and didn't accept teaching very well, which in itself isn't weird, but definitely a red flag when you're a new nurse in a highly intense area. Secondly, he had a strange backstory. He claimed he was a lawyer who decided to become a nurse so he could become a certified nurse and a... (gasps) There's no way she's talking. (gasps) Hey, 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 I'm not seeing this. Come on. Oh, sorry. I'll read that sentence again. I think I know what she's talking about, and that is so scary. Okay. He claimed he was a lawyer who decided to become a nurse so he could become a certified nurse anesthesiologist. Yes. (laughs) And later became an expert witness in medical malpractice cases against surgeons and anesthesiologists. Literally, my initial thought was, what a slime ball. The other thing was he never corrected patients who would call him doctor. 
Ooh. Male nurses have always been uncommon, so this mistake happens often of by course, patients. Yes. But nurses are always expected to correct it. So John worked on our unit for about a year and would talk about his wife, a CRNA, and his new baby. He liked to bring in donuts for us. Yum. Mm. <laughs> I love donuts. And really was just another employee. Eventually, he left to go to nurse anesthetist school. Anes. Okay. Sorry. It's not anesthesiologist, but it's probably anesthetic. studying that. Anesthetic? There's no k- Anesthetist. <laughs> to study to be an anesthesiologist. Yep, sure. You guys know what I'm talking about. And we kind of forgot about him. Fast forward about five years. We find out that John and his wife are getting divorced. And that while going through a closet, his wife discovered drugs that he had stolen from the hospital. Oh. Come to find out, John was never a lawyer. I know exactly who she's talking about. (laughs) Although he did get through nursing school and pass his licensing exam on fake transcripts. He was eventually arrested and went to jail. And that's where I thought the story ended. About two years ago, I got a text from a nurse I used to work with that told me about a podcast I need to listen to right now. This is such a good podcast. Okay. And that's when I found out. I just, I'm sorry, but I actually just re-listened to it. That's why this is so fresh. This is so crazy to me. I just re-listened to this. Okay. Sorry. I'm in my own head. See? Talking to myself. And that's when I found out my former coworker, a guy we ate lunch with and dealt with all kinds of medical emergencies with, was none other than Dirty John Meehan. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I literally listened to the entire series in one sitting, me too, picking my jaw up off the floor over and over again. Chills went up my spine when they played his threatening telephone messages to his ex-wife because I knew his voice. Oh Oh my gosh, that would be so horrific. Pretty soon, all of us who had worked with him, nurses, respiratory therapists, and unit secretaries were texting each other. Looking back, I can't really pinpoint one thing that made me think he would eventually do all the things he did, but that's a sociopath for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They blend in and don't stand out. Anyway, I'm sorry for the length of the story. Uh, No, I'm not. I'm not either. (laughs) (laughs) But it had to be long so you would get the full gist of what happened. Please feel free to contact me if you have questions. I just ask that if you air the story that you not use my name. And we're not. We're not. Hospital administrators get a little nervous if their institutions are connected with criminals. I'm sure. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Best wishes. Anonymous. Holy cow. Jeez, to realize that. I just re-listened to that podcast. That's so... Alex must have known, and that's why he chose this. Oh, maybe. Um, There's even like a dateline that was done on it that I was I didn't know that they had done, but I went and I looked for it. Oh. And um, you know that Connie Britton show on Bravo that was out? No. Oh, well, they kind of like based it kind of loosely on Dirty John. Anyway. Wow. Hey, I think I saw the... I saw the Dateline one. You did? I did. I did. When Ugh. you said the Dirty John thing hit me. Yeah. I don't, I, the, his real name didn't hit me, but the Dirty John. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That is so crazy. And our first true crime story. Thank you. I know. That's Keep exciting. Keep those coming. Those are so That's thrilling. That's exciting. Wow. All right. Your turn. These are so darn good. I know. <laughs> this email is from Cassie. Hello, Bettina, Beth, and all the pups. Oh, thanks for including them. (laughs) They're schnoozing right now. And the oh-so-entertaining drink substitutes. (laughs) (laughs) So entertaining. (laughs) 
Oh, just wait, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We've got a surprise for you around the corner. Your podcast is such a delight. I look forward to it every week. I've tried many, and I say that because it has several ends in it, <laughs> of the other true crime podcasts before, but for some reason, they just don't stick, and yours does. Oh, oh my thank gosh. You. Thank you so much. There's just enough banter. Your storytelling is amazing, and the chemistry between you two is great. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, Your Cassie. show just works. <laughs> just wanted to tell you that, and thank you for a fun show and a great distraction for my day-to-day. Okay, things like that just, like, make me, like, we're here for a reason. I mean, you know, we enjoy doing this so yeah. much. And then to get such great feedback is just... From so, strangers? I so love it. It's so rewarding. Thank you so just much. really totally touches me. But anyway, okay. Alex, since you read this first, I guess I should say, pick me, pick me, pick me, pick me. <laughs> pick me, pick me, pick me. <laughs> well, he did. It worked. <laughs> he did. <laughs> He must have heard you shouting. (laughs) I know you asked for a personal true crime or paranormal story, but I don't know if my story covers either of those, but I promise it's a story worth a read. Oh, okay. I'm on the edge of my seat. Actually, I'm really kind of excited. Okay. (laughs) I grew up in a small town of Oklahoma with a younger sister in a single parent household. My mom was a hard worker. She worked two to sometimes three jobs. Always got us to and from school, dressed and fed, with dinner being the most important thing to her. I know that sounds funny. No, it doesn't sound funny. It sounds like your mother really sacrificed and loves loves you a lot. (sighs) And yes, we all love to eat. But with all of our running around every day, especially as me and my sister got older, dinner time, a time when we can all sit down around the table and catch up, was the most important thing to my mom. Oh, God oh, bless that's her. that's exactly how yep. I was raised and how I'm raising my boys. We always sit down together. Even if it meant that's sitting awesome. down to eat at nine o'clock at night, we sat down together. Maybe this is why I love your podcast. I love the mother-daughter relationship. But Aww. anyway, my mom passed away two years ago. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. I just had to mention that about dinner because it is something that I still strongly believe in with my kids to this day. And... It does tie into the story, I promise. (laughs) So, like I mentioned, it was just the three of us gals growing up. And even though my mom worked her ass off and it would mean overtime to achieve it, my mom would never give up a summer vacation. Oh, good for her. I love your mom. When she was a little girl, she and her family would always go to Myrtle Beach in South Carolina. Love it. Been there. (laughs) And since I can remember, we did it too. Another tradition, I keep up with my family as well. Oh, that is awesome. That's so cool. So one year, my mom's sister and I are all gathered around the tiny table in our motel room eating our dinner. And my mom said, you know, I think you both are old enough for me to finally tell you this story. Oh, Keep in mind, I was nine and my (laughs) sister was just about eight. My mom goes on to tell us that beginning when she was about our age, then she discovered something magical in the night sky over the ocean. Oh. It was tradition. Man, I just realized my family has all these traditions. (laughs) (laughs) I know there's a lot of traditions. That's okay. I love it. That's a good thing. Nothing to be ashamed of. I think that's great. That's a good thing. But it was tradition to walk the pier out over the ocean and make a wish for the next year on the last night of every Myrtle Beach stay. I love 
that. <laughs> so These cool. are awesome traditions. <laughs> and one night when my mom was about nine or ten, she walked out there and dawdling back like most littles do. Aiden. <laughs> yes, that would be my Aiden. And Beth when she was little. And me. Probably <laughs> still to this day. <laughs> she was looking up in the sky and saw a bright blue dot, kind oh. of like a star. But she could tell it was blue and it was very bright. She stared at it for a moment and then all of a sudden the one bright light became a bundle of them. <gasps> Maybe four or five bright lights just sitting in the night sky shining brightly on her. By the time she ran to meet up with her family and tell her father about the bright lights, he looked up and nothing was there. <gasps> but he absolutely believed her. Oh, wow. Dad. Way to go. And told her that whatever it was had just come to make her wish come true. Oh, my gosh. That's so <laughs> sweet. Every year they took the trip out there, she would constantly watch the night sky, waiting for her wish granters or whatever they were to appear. And they appeared to her several times after that. What? Not every year, but on years she felt were years she really needed them. Oh, my gosh. Wow. It's like my a guardian angel. At first I was like aliens, but now I'm thinking something more. Yeah. Oh. My mom told me and my sister this story, like I said, when we were younger. And since then, every summer we go to Myrtle Beach. I find myself staring up in the night sky, hoping to see what my mom saw. Oh. Even my children know the story and look for Nana's special lights. <laughs> oh. Like I said, two years. I, I think this story's going to make me cry. No. <laughs> We can not, get through it. You're so emotional I today. am not a crier. <laughs> You're not. <laughs> and you've cried like twice already uh, this episode. <laughs> like I said, two years ago, my mom passed away. I took it very hard. I was in a, such a dark place. I ended up losing my job and was in such a state of depression. Oh, oh I'm, I'm so, so sorry. sorry. My husband, though, the sweetest man in the whole world, made me go to Myrtle Beach that summer, regardless of the funk I was in. He knew it was important. I'm saying that. He was a smart man and he knew that was important. Yeah, absolutely. We had a good trip. I spent a lot of alone time on the beach, just wandering, thinking, and praying. The last night, we all went out on the pier and gave our wishes, looking for my mom's special lights for a while, but then headed back to shore to head to a reservation that we had for dinner. I didn't want to go to dinner with my family. I was tired from a day in the sun, and let's just face it, I was just a miserable person. My family went to dinner without me for the first time in, well, goodness, ever. Wow. Uh, I went back to the hotel, took a shower, and then I have no idea what happened. What? Goodness, I don't know what it was, but something called me away from the hotel. I just started walking. Ladies, I can't tell you what I was thinking. I can't tell you why I got up. I hate to say it, but it felt like I had blacked out. When I came to, I found myself on the pier, looking up at the sky. And out of nowhere, I just started crying. Oh. I w See? There I go. <laughs> there she goes, ladies and gentlemen. Mom is bawling. <laughs> Why did you give me these stories to read? I didn't give them to you. Blame my husband. I was sitting on the ground of the pier, my head in my hands crying. After a while, I collected myself, gathered my things, and started walking back to shore. I slowly turned one last time to say goodbye to the ocean and the stars above and holy cow. <gasps> she saw a light. It was so small. I have no idea how I saw it, uh, but there it was. Uh, a bright blue light. Now I'm crying. <laughs> God, we're a bunch of 
blubber heads. Small as a star, but so much brighter. I just stared at it for a moment in total, absolute relief. Oh. Before I knew it, there was a bundle of little lights around one another. Like my mom had described, four or five bright lights shining amongst one another. I knew whatever this was, it was a sign from my mom, and I was in utter relief. I took a deep breath and knew that she was at peace. I was at peace. Even though I didn't make dinner with my family, I did make it just in time for a nice dessert. And smiles from all my kids, happy to have us all around the table, happy and like I said, at peace. (laughs) I haven't seen the lights since, but I believe, especially when I need them most, those lights will appear to me just like they did my mom. Thanks again for the show, ladies, and special thanks if you do read my email. Hold each other close and keep it all sacred. <laughs> thank you, Cassie. We both have tears running down our I faces. I think I can say thank you. <laughs> we asked for true crime and paranormal, not sad stories that are going to make us cry. No, I think it's a beautiful story. I think that's oh, why I'm crying. absolutely because beautiful. Because it was... It was so amazing. And it is kind of a paranormal because paranormal is something that's unexplained. Absolutely. So it's. It's beautiful. Wow. Cassie, <laughs> you just kind of blew my mind. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Whew. Okay. This is going to be our last email. And it was actually an email sent to us from my college bestie. <laughs> Who Emily. happened to come from the same college. Yeah, we, went we to all the same went to the college. same college. <laughs> so. You started the episode with your college bestie. <laughs> this is my college bestie. So this is her email. We had just had our baby boy when we started experiencing some eerie things in our home. It started out small. Little noises from other rooms. The dogs barking at nothing. Things like that. But then it got a little more intense. We've all heard that babies could have some sort of spirit attached to them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, they're more innocent. Their little souls are more innocent. Oh. Just like children kind of see children, spirits yes, or heard, yeah. the elderly. Anyway, whether you believe in that kind of stuff or not, I do. <laughs> <laughs> but our baby brought some weird stuff around. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. He did. I can vouch for that. <laughs> he would be sleeping in his crib and my husband and I would go downstairs watching a movie or cooking dinner. This is when most of the things usually happened. One night, his car seat that sat on top of the dog's kennels started rocking back and forth. Huh? We searched frantically for any explanation, such as our dogs and the kennels, but nope. A couple nights later, I felt a splash of water on my arm. It seemed to come from the ceiling. Oh, no. Again, no explanation. One night, while checking on the baby, a cardboard box fell from his dresser onto the floor. Mind you, this box was in the center of the dresser and had no business falling on its own. If anyone knows me, they know that I do not believe in ghosts. No, she does not. (laughs) Or anything like that. She does not. Emily. (laughs) She's just a very logical thinker. She is. She is. She's very down to earth. And yeah. (laughs) So this was all hard to believe for me, even though it was happening. My husband then told me he'd felt our old cat walking along his legs on the bed a few nights. (laughs) I don't think I knew that. Beth said, I can take all, anything. Just give it to me. My God, this cat. I hate haunting cats. (laughs) Again, no haunted dogs. Oh, my God. I didn't know this. Of course, I didn't really believe him. He had to have been dreaming or something. 
couple of nights later, when I was fully awake, but eyes closed, I felt the damn cat rocking around my legs. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is so creepy to me. Throw a box off my shelves any day, but a cat? It was an obvious feeling of a cat kneading and walking around the bed I was lying on. I was shocked. I pretended to be asleep and kept my eyes closed. I was scared. <laughs> Too scared to move. Do you believe now, Emily? <laughs> The final and most eerie thing was our Nest camera. I remember this. Oh, yeah. One night we got a notification at 3 o'clock a.m. from the Nest cam. There was what looked like an orb caught on the camera. We had seen our fair share of bugs caught on camera, and this was nothing of the sort. The orb came out of nowhere, flew right up in the front of the lens, and then proceeded directly up to the window of the nursery. I remember you showed this to me. It was... It was intense. It was. It was creepy. It was breathtaking, to say the least. I ran in and checked on the baby, and all was fine. The following nights, the baby would look around the room as though he saw something or someone, and it freaked the living bejesus out of us. <laughs> Babies, man, I'm telling you. <laughs> That's what she said, but I totally agree. <laughs> anyway, we decided to call Beth. Oh, I made the story. <laughs> The next day to sage the house because I was willing to do anything at that point. <laughs> to my astonishment, we experienced rarely anything and then nothing shortly after the saging. You could now call me a believer. Oh, Emily. I remember her even telling me that because the baby was really young mm -hmm. and so she never would cover the baby. But she remembers right. going in and the baby would be covered with a blanket. And she would even blame her husband. <laughs> like, For covering. Stop covering the baby. Right. And then I thought her husband said, get out, leave. Yeah, he definitely, I remember her telling me that he had just had it after everything. And he was just so angry and adamantly was just like, leave us alone. This is our baby. This is our house. You need to get out. Right. But oh, when it has to do with your kids, that's so scary it, to me. It is. You know, those like that show Paranormal Caught on Tape that mm -hmm, I made you mm -hmm, watch, mm -hmm. but I made you turn it off when it had to deal with a baby. <laughs> I don't like watching ghosts didn't you haunting babies. Didn't you say, though, that at first it was scary, obviously, but then they kind of had a feeling like it was an older, like a grandma yeah, or something. Yeah, almost like a grandma, like taking, an older just woman. Just watching kind of just, over the baby. Sure. But you still just don't want that no. around. Oh, heavens no. In a way that... That also opens a portal for other things. If you welcome it, then that's going to open it for oh, you don't other things welcome to come it. around. Um, and it also could have just been like a spirit guide that was attached to the baby or anyway. That is creepy. The cat part is the creepiest. <laughs> I don't think she's ever told me that. I think it would stick in your mind if she had so. <laughs> True. Well, thank you, Emily, for sending that story. Thank you, everybody. Those were great stories. Fantastic. Oh, my gosh. I think this is going to be like one of my favorite things. The listeners episodes. The listeners episodes. Yes. <laughs> so keep them coming, guys. Like I said, email us, killerhangoverpodcast at gmail.com. Your personal true crime, paranormal stories. You can stay anonymous. You can make them long. You can make them short. doesn't matter. Exactly. Exactly. Keep them coming. Absolutely loved it. Thank you so much. And you can become the next patron of the month. You can join our Patreon. The link will be in the description of this episode. You can also find a link on our website, www www.killerhangoverpodcast.com. Yep. And then your favorite drink will be featured. Sorry, Jerry, I didn't do the scotch. 
Yes, but you are drinking a gin and orange juice. There you go. So we will always have a patron of the month so you could be the next. Yep. Thank you guys for listening. We have a new episode coming out tomorrow. Holy smokes. Already? Yeah. The state of Georgia. All right. That's a good one. Cheers, mama. Cheers. Love you, kid.